The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Captain Comics, and I'm your host, John Park. How are you guys doing? You all home? You got the door locked? You're just looking at the world outside and not going in? How are you feeling about this coronavirus that's running through the world? Um, if you're anything like me, you uh, love being home, but there's too many people me, I just got back from the Joe Cruise 2020. I went with Bill Monroe, who's the host of the Strobecast and the Two Minute Talk Tips, and uh, my, one of my best friends uh, stood up at my wedding, and has been on the show many, many, many times. We went on the Joe Cruise in 2018, but this year we weren't even sure we'd be able to go. Uh, everything was shutting down around us. In fact, when the cruise ship pulled in, they shut it down completely and they didn't go back out. Um, lucky I got the flights back home and now things are really kind of locking down. But it was a great experience. It was kind of a low-key affair. Uh, several of the performers had to cancel at the last minute. They weren't allowed on the boat. They had conflicting schedules in case the boat got held up. It's been an interesting time all around, but uh, Bill and I covered it from our stateroom, and we kind of get into the details of everything, so I'll just let us talk about it. So this is day five of Joko Cruise 2020. 2020, yes indeed. Yes, and for the last few months, well I saw you in November. Yeah. And you said, uh, your girlfriend's not going, do I want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go again. And then for the next five months, everyone I met told me I needed to take a vacation. <laughs> so what I decided to do was get on a cruise ship in the middle of a pandemic. Of course. Yeah. And There's no better time. Yes. So what you can want to do is be around all those sickies. Yeah, well, no one's sick on the, on the boat. Right. No, I mean on land. Yes, everyone. People sick on land. Yes, there's plenty of people sick on land. And you, I made the mistake of putting on BBC World News in the room. I found out about the people that are sick oh, on land. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's been a very interesting cruise because there were sure. a lot of people couldn't get on the boat. There were people that decided not to get on the boat. There were well, what, what happened was there were a lot of people who decided not to get on the boat, but. Uh, what I believe we've heard, I've heard is that no one was actually denied boarding at the port. Okay, well, John Hodgman well, okay, found out uh, that, that... Yeah, some guests before the cruise yeah, he, backed off, but nobody was denied at the, at the door. No one was boat. turned away in... Yeah, we left from Fort Lauderdale. No one was turned away at Fort Lauderdale. Right. But a lot of people didn't bother coming to Fort Lauderdale. Right, right. Hodge, Hodgman got caught. Hodgman was in Italy. 14-day restriction. Yes. Wheaton, uh, Wheaton had is other things. He's shooting something big, and he can't afford to get stuck on the boat, which might happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We very well could get into Fort Lauderdale and just keep recording podcasts from there. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, it's okay. We've got a nice big uh, window out the back, nice deck. We can sit out there. We've got some comfy lounge chairs. And as long as they replenish the scotch, we're good. Yeah, I don't and even... And the rum. Yeah, the rum. The, I don't even like scotch. But, but we are in the... We're in the Caribbean now. Uh, so there's been a lot of odd things. Because uh, 
We missed our first port of call because the boat was rocking too much. The boat was rocking too much, and nobody could. It was a private island, and no one who works at the private island could get to the private island because the water was too bouncy. It's too private. Yes. It's completely private. So we just kept going on the boat. Yeah. Um, it's been a low key cruise. I feel like the vibe on the boat has been like, all right, I'm here. I'm just going to be here. Yep. You know, and a lot of that. Yeah, the first time I was on two years ago, it felt like a convention. It felt like a comic convention. I'm going to go to this panel. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to get this signed by this guy. I'm going to meet this guy. I'm going to go to this show. And this cruise, I think partially from people backing out the schedules a little lighter and partially from less people being on the boat. Well, I think there's actually more people on the boat overall. The, the, we had some people bail, but it's a bigger boat. That's true. And it sold out originally. Yeah, but there are open rooms. They made that announcement yeah. from the people who bailed. True, true. Well, well what, I, what I think is different is this cruise, this one has been more about, um, and even when I've been busy, it's been less about the guests, less about the special guests to go mm -hmm. do their thing and, and be a part of that. And it's been more uh, a, a part about engaging with the community which is a lower key kind of thing. It's not like I'm going to go uh, worship at the stage of Rothfuss, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm going to go to these other events that other uh, sea monkeys, other uh, just attendees of the cruise are putting on. I'm going to go do a few, uh, a few of my own, and I'm just going to go learn stuff and meet people and, and talk to folks and... Yeah, I'll go see the see the, go see the stars as well, and and that's all cool and all, but it's not nearly the the same level of focus. No, no, it really isn't. Which is probably good in a way, as an actual vacation. I've been doing a lot, been getting a lot of reading done. I've been getting some writing done that I promised to do that I haven't done. Um, the biggest guest has been Liz Fair, mm -hmm. who I saw in two thousand two. But she couldn't get on the boat, so she flew in and did a show in Santo Domingo and then flew out again. And that was pretty great because as a Gen Xer, I was right up against the front of the stage. And when she took her jacket off, it was magical. <laughs> uh, I was also close enough to the stage where we made eye contact. And I'm taking that to the grave. Oh, I, I know it. I am absolutely sure of it. What, what's really amazing about that, too, is not just was Liz Fair amazing mm -hmm. and she... Uh, did her show with like 532 different guitars. Yeah, uh, you know somebody was bringing a new guitar to her every five seconds. Every song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but what we all did was we all rented a cruise ship, drove it to the Dominican Republic, set up a show on, in like a fort in the capital city of this small uh, Caribbean nation, and they let us do it. Yeah, and then we flew in Liz Fair. Yeah, we flew in Liz Fair to play for an hour. Yes. I did wonder, I'm like, what are you getting paid to fly in to do an hour show? And how does that defray the cost of the band and the planes? We've been doing a lot too much. Well, you need a special a special plane just for the, all those guitars. No, they're Fenders. <laughs> you can still fenders in the overhead. Those things are indestructible. Well, well, yes, but when you've got 573... There were four! <laughs> there were four and they rotated. There were 500... Okay, maybe there were 571. You were not at the front of the stage. <laughs> I was not. I was, I was not distracted by Liz Fair's eye contact, which just serves to distract you from the sheer volume of guitars. You're, the you're guitars lost. in the free world were in Santo Domingo. 
That is so not true. She didn't even have as many guitars as I own on that stage. <laughs> that doesn't say much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so with this low-key show, uh, one of the big things that happened was that Bill... You have been a public presenter for 30 years, uh, had your own podcast for four? I, yeah, four? I, launched the, I launched the first show in uh, 2016. Yeah, uh, but you did stand-up for the first time. Yes, I did. Um, I, I did stand-up for the first time. I made sure to make sure it was uh, all built around a sad story. Uh, and uh, and about nearly dying because nothing says funny like telling people how you almost died. Well, you, that way you almost die twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like that James Bond film. You, you only you, you only, only live twice. twice. Yes. Yes. No time to die is the new one, which just got pushed back. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm pro- eleven p.m. was time to die. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm very proud of you for doing it. There were a lot of people that did it for the first time. There were. Which is a good way to do it because the Sea Monkeys, who are the community that goes on the cruise every year, are the most supportive group ever. So there was, like, really no way to bomb because everyone was just proud of people doing stuff. Mm -hmm. There's there's, There's a lot of just do stuff. Which yeah. flies in the face of our mantra all week, which has been there, there is are, no there, st- are, there are there are there are there no, are no things. things. Yes, there are no things uh, because uh, it's time. This week has been a time to break the agenda, which I have a hard time doing. I got about down to twenty percent. That's about yeah. all you can hope for me. That's pretty good. There's still a voice that's like, shouldn't I be recording the podcast now? Shouldn't I be writing notes for the next podcast? Shouldn't I be writing an essay for this thing I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read it and record on the podcast? It's all been podcast based. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, so really, I'm just being an enabler here. Yeah, you're totally an enabler because you're like, do you want to come on the cruise? That's yeah. your enabler. <laughs> that and do you want to keep charging drinks? Yes. Let's Which, by the way, I looked last night. They're like eleven dollars each. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. No, the, the drinks are not cheap. I I am I am really just trying not to think about my bar bill. Uh, at the end of this week, I might, I might just, you know, when they bring, bring that envelope by, I might just leave it folded up and put it right <laughs> in my bag. There is no good that can come from knowing that. The only saving grace is that since I did just buy a condo, everything this quarter is just sort of a, a rounding error. Yeah, I'm just uh, not, I'm going to look at it after I get paid. Yeah. So yes. then when it comes out, I will still have more money than I did. Okay. I don't know how much. Um, so. In terms of the guests, well, who's impressed you so far? Uh, well, let's see. Obviously, Vance has been absolutely astounding. Vance Gilbert is my new favorite human. <laughs> um, never heard of him before this cruise. Really? Apparently, he, he knows Paul and Storm, who do the cruise all the time, and Jonathan Colton. But um, so, so I guess he's been like touring the folk circuit. He uh, opened for George Carlin for a long time. Okay, and he's been opening for Paul Reiser. Um, I went to his songwriting presentation, which was hilarious oh, and amazing. Let, let me just step back for just a moment here, mm-hmm. because the other thing about doing stand-up for the first time that I just realized, yeah, I can now put on my website or wherever that I have opened for Mike Kaplan. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Because he closed. Yes. Yeah, and Mike Kaplan used to do writer's room all the time, <laughs> so I've also opened and hosted yeah. Mike Kaplan. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Which is weird. I haven't seen him in 10 years, and I don't know if he's trying to place me or just walking right by, but I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, I always think on this cruise, I'm going to meet all these people and get all these guests, and I, I nod at people and just keep going by and keep coming up with reasons they don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. They like you just fine. Well, yeah, it's me. <laughs> That's a problem. Um, the, the cool thing about doing stand-up, now that you've done it once... Doing stand-up at all, I think, is like getting a tattoo. Mm-hmm. You are forever marked by it. You are changed by it. And it. people on the other side of it know what you went through. Right. So no matter whether you become a professional, like I said, I did it semi-professionally for four years. Um, had kids. And yeah. now I do this. Because uh, it's as funny as I get now. Um, <laughs> but... But those years were very, very important. What did you learn from being on stage as opposed to giving a presentation? Um, I think um, when we talked, when we debriefed afterwards, I think um, a couple of things. You pointed out how I have a tendency to just when I after after landing a punchline to keep talking, and I think that is it's an interesting interesting point because I guess the way I conduct a lot of my presentations when I throw humor into it is like it's kind of a throwaway and not the point right. of the line whereas that's just the opposite in a stand-up presentation so that was one thing the other key thing I think I picked up is that yes I can I now know I can do this I I was pretty sure I thought I could mm-hmm. now I know I can the question is is this something I should do again? And maybe, but one of the things I'm starting to think about is, you may be right, you're right, probably right with something else you said, is that I was sort of telling a, a, a funny story. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why I didn't have the same burn for stand-up, is that maybe I'm more about telling, uh, more of a, a, an entertaining storyteller rather mm-hmm. than a stand-up comic per se. Right, and that is a different art form and that leans more into what you're doing with podcasting and public transportation public transportation um i don't edit so everybody heard me say public transportation uh there's lots of people on public transportation who are doing a heck of a lot of public speaking there might be people on public transportation listening to this podcast there probably are oh that makes me feel good in a way i i hope your bus and or train does not smell as bad as you were afraid it was going to smell when you got onto your bus and or train this morning this makes me feel like i think i mentioned it a couple weeks ago when i found my comic in the dollar bin in a store in chicago Uh i was like hey it made it to chicago (laughs) and then it didn't sell for 20 years uh so there's definitely a mixed feeling there. Public presentation is what I meant to say originally. Um, yeah, and that took me six months. The first six months was I did the same thing, hit the punchline, kept going, because mm-hmm. you don't, you're afraid to stop and wait to hear if it, they laugh or not. Um, but when you keep saying words after the punchline, the audience goes, okay, that word wasn't the punchline, so where is it? And then it peters out. Uh when you're doing stand-up, that is all that matters is where you hit the punchline. And a story has got to be uh, stacked with punchlines all the way through. Mm-hmm. So it is, a di- it is a very, very different art form. But those are things you don't learn until you actually get up and do it. Right, right. And that's, and that's one of those things, whether it's you know, from doing this, I, you know, I, I would not have picked that up from just as, oh, I might do this type of thing from just what I do for public speaking. You actually have to do the experience. And that's one of the things we talked about in our podcasting meetup a lot 
is that ultimately done is better than finished. You just have to go ahead and start. You just have to get up there and try. You just have to start writing that thing, record that thing, get up on stage because until you've got something, you can't edit and improve it. Right. We did a podcast uh, meeting on, I think, the third day, and about 60 to 70% of the people that came were like, I don't have a podcast, but I'm thinking about it, right. which which is really interesting. And then there were a few. There were a few people that were uh, getting podcasts that had tons of hits. Uh, you and I were there. But it was interesting to see how many people were just kind of thinking about it. And, and that's one of the things that's interesting about this, the cruise is that there's just these rooms you can walk into. There's a lock picking class. <laughs> yes. They've had it four times. They give you the clear padlock so you can see how to pick a lock. Um, that's not something you expect to find on a cruise ship. And and right down the hall from that, there's this Renaissance folk dancing workshop that seems to go on for six hours in the karaoke bar. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We did do karaoke a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and karaoke, another place that was very, very supportive. You could, oh. you could see people doing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And again, the uh, the vibe is so much like, hey, look at you. You did this. That's great. Yep. There's so much of that going on. The, um, and, and there's so much, um, at the same time, there is so much amazing talent here. Yep. I mean, when you go to a random karaoke bar... You're gonna see. Uh, you're gonna see some people with a lot of alcohol. You're gonna see some people who are getting up and having fun. You're gonna see like one or two people who are like super talented, and this is the peak of their performing career. Here, <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> like three quarters of the people are just amazing once they grab that microphone. Yeah, there's and the rest are having fun. Well, yeah, as Vance Gilbert, who again. Um, Vance Gilbert is, uh, is a singer-songwriter, by the way, if we didn't get into the details of him, um, who does funny songs, but it's very bluesy, it's very R&B influenced, his, his playing is fantastic, his voice is amazing, and then uh, he did this whole spoken word poem in the middle of his set that was like, it was like Dolomite doing the signifying monkey. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, but it, it was so interesting to see those kind of turns, and after he did... After he played uh, a really quiet song, uh, the theater holds about a thousand people, and he got a standing ovation before his set was done, and you could tell on his face, he had never had that experience before. He had never had a thousand people stand up and mm -hmm. applaud for him. And it was, you could, you could see the effect on the performers. Right. So it, it's not a one-way street. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing. Once, once a lot of performers have been on this gig, they keep coming back. You know, Jean Grey's been here six times, I think. Amy Mann keeps coming back every time she can. Yeah, Amy Mann was Jonathan Colton's bass player. She did not do her own set. Yes. We did not hear Wise Up. We did not hear Voices Carry. Uh, two years ago, she did a set. This year, all I've seen Amy Mann do is play bass with Jonathan Colton and wait at the pasta bar. Yes, well, which I saw her do about three times, <laughs> and then she acted in the haste in a hastily assembled musical. Do it wasn't right. even a musical; it was hastily assembled. Was hastily assembled. They wrote one song. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a time killer to fill the people who didn't show up on the boat. Right, right. <laughs> but it was just amazing to watch her making the body letters with the others. Yeah, the cheerleaders. Yeah, there is a camp feel to it, and and. Uh, 
it, yeah, it's it's just so interesting. So so as we've been going going around and going through this, um, have you overheard anything that struck you as particularly monkey like? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. Well, um, like I said, there there's the supportive nature of it. Uh-huh. Uh There's a theme every night. The both the formal night was last night. And uh, you wore a jacket that I believe was designed for a plastic fish <laughs> and got compliments all night about it. Um, the other night, I, I did something I have never done. This was kind you know, of a bucket list. When, when you have a jacket that's designed for a plastic fish or to look like a plastic fish, the compliments are great, but the problem is they don't scale. You interrupted for that. Yes, I did. I think I'm going to edit. <laughs> Uh, I did do a bucket list thing was at, on cosplay day. I did wear a next gen uniform all day, and I there's got to be a German word for it. But the, I don't. I had this feeling that I was both super confident and felt like an idiot at the same time. Like I would walk down the hall, my shoulders went back. And I walked down, and then I would see another guy in a next-generation uniform, and it was like we had come to this party in the same dress. And I was like, but we're a crew, right? There should be a hundred of us. And then I was like, what? And then we sat down to eat, and I'm eating, like, steak in, in, in a Picard uniform. Which, by the way, you and I got the, the badge and the pips back when Las Vegas yeah. had the Star Trek experience. This was in, like, 2006. Um, but we both kept those. So I tried to put the rank pins on, and the the there's a captain rank stitched already on the neck. Sure. So because there's stitching and fabric, the pins wouldn't go through. Ah. So I kind of had to put them between the uh-huh. pips, and then I got to three, and I was like, well, that's balanced. Okay. Three pips is good. I'll walk out. And then I realized, <laughs> I won't even let myself be a fake captain. <laughs> like, I made myself be a first officer. And I know everybody, everyone that wore a Next Generation uniform was a captain. <laughs> Nobody's like, I'm Lieutenant Junior Grade. <laughs> Nobody. Some look great, too. So, like, some of the women were in the tights version and looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... It was, yeah, I, I feel like I got that out of my system. It felt really good. And I've been on a next-gen kick since Picard started. Sure. So that's all I wanted was to walk around a ship in a uniform. Yep. It was, it was, it was, it was good. I'll probably never do it again. Uh, I would never uh, do it at C2E2. It's like too much. It got really warm because I had the yeah. pajamas version. Yeah, well, that, that, that was why I ultimately had to take off my jacket a couple of days later. It just got too warm. To wear, wear, to wear my blue sequins. For the yeah, rest we're of in the Caribbean. Night. Yeah, it's it's hard to pay off a jacket. I wore my normal jacket last night was formal night. I wore my normal jet, my normal cool jacket. I was like, well, I, I just want to look good. Uh, I was going to wear the Starfleet uniform again. And, I'm like, and, no, when, and, when, and when John says cool jacket, he's not just referring to temperature, because John was looking cool. All right, I'll take it. It it, it was my original Bono jacket. Exactly. Um, so it did look. It did look good, but there were all there were a lot of men in dresses uh, on yep. formal night, and it was really fun to see. They were feeling it, and a, a lot of them were with their wives, and their wives were proud of them. Yeah, that that's one of the things about inclusion about this ship. Um, 
one of the mantras is be nice and uh, nobody's going to make fun of you for anything you do. And I might feel like an idiot walking around like a skinny Riker <laughs> all day, but nobody nobody looked at me like I was an oh, idiot. Skinny Riker, I want to see that show now. Uh, that's season one. <laughs> season one is Skinny Riker. <laughs> Uh, then I don't want to see that show. Yeah, yeah you saw that show. It's not good. Yeah. It's yeah. the reason I missed season two, <laughs> three, and four because of season one. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been really fun. This I haven't done anything groundbreaking because now it's my second one. And if you go back two years ago, we recorded one, and I spent the whole week going like, I'm trying to figure out what this is. Is this a convention? Is it a summer camp? Yeah. What the hell is this? And now I kind of know it's just the cruise. It's mm-hmm. it's its own thing, and I can play by those rules. But it's still a weird thing, especially with you've got a whole boat full of introverts. Yes. So people are giving each other wide berths. And I've had like little short conversations with mm-hmm. people, but I haven't really met anybody and got, gotten into a long, deep conversation. And part of that's me. Part of that's just because I'm walking by nodding. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you know, and here's the challenge with with this. Everybody, or most of the folks who are on here, identify. Well, you know, there's different levels of extroversion, extroversion, but we definitely weighted much heav- more heavily towards the introverts, but also heavy doses of shyness and or social anxiety. Well, that's part of introversion. That's, that's just uh, that's extreme introversion, I think. I, I I would I would say it's it's different. We t- that's that's a separate that's a separate thing that we can get into, but No, it isn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> we well, got an hour to fill. Let's argue over introversion. That's not a pro- Okay, let me make this one point first <laughs> and then I'll tell you why you're wrong about that. Yeah, on <laughs> my own show. Keep going. <laughs> See how well that works. The guy who edits things. Please leave uh, comments on this episode uh, to tell me whether or not you disagree with <laughs> So, um, but a lot of us are like, we'd love to talk to people, but we don't want to bother anyone. We don't want to go up and interrupt anyone, or even if we just see somebody by themselves. We, you know, we were more than thrilled to have somebody approach us and engage us in conversation, but we don't want to initiate. And that brings us then to the whole question of introversion, because I, I, I ascribe to the more focused look at it where introversion you absorb energy from quiet time by yourself you spend energy by interacting with people whereas extroverts generate energy by interacting with people and they burn energy by having to be focused on themselves so you could actually have a shy extrovert and that can be really unfortunate. Somebody who really wants to absorb energy, needs the energy, and really wants to talk and is happy to talk to folks, but then uh, is too shy or anxious. And shyness and anxiety, of course, diff- different things, but they're related and often, often go together. But, uh, but yes, then to have that and try to balance that question of I'm, I'm too shy and awkward, but I really want to be engaged in group conversation. And I think that makes it very different from just uh, introversion. Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. Um, although in in the category of too shy, nobody's more too shy than Kajikugu. and they had a hit single. So you can you can That's overcome true. it. You can overcome it and have a hit single. But yeah, if you have social anxiety, you're more you have a bigger tendency to be an introvert because. Because social anxiety means you're going to have to spend energy to go out and talk mm-hmm. to somebody. It's going to be an effort. So you're going to feel safer when you're in your room. And, and uh, these rooms are comfortable. I've seen 
I've seen three movies I've been meaning to see. Yeah. Just because there was nothing to do. So, yeah, I watched Tom Hanks' as, uh, Mr. Rogers. That was good. By the way, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson both have coronavirus. Wow, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I made the mistake of watching the news today and uh, just terrified me. Don't do that and don't read the comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you see, that's the other thing, too, about uh, the cruise as opposed to a land convention. <laughs> as opposed to Ted Cruz. Yes, as opposed to Ted Cruz. Problem- Ted Cruz is not an inclusive environment. <laughs> when you're on Ted Cruz, you can't get off. No. <laughs> Here, when you've had too too much of something, too much of people, it's gotten too peopley out there for you, you can go to your room. That is a heck of a lot harder to do at a convention. Yeah, yeah, at a convention. And if you tra- even if you traveled for a convention, which I used to do a lot, um, going to your room um, is a lot more of an effort, even if it's in the same hotel. Just making your way through the ballroom, getting to the other, going up, it's much harder to, like, say, I'm going to take an hour off. Right. Like, um, at the big conventions when I needed time, I just kind of found a hallway nobody was sitting in. You always find people just sitting on the floor at conventions. Right. Just because there's so much energy to With their $50 convention hot dogs. Yeah. They're Silver Age hot dogs. That's why they're they're bagged and boarded. That's why they're so expensive. But they're a little larger, so you get that. Uh, Well, up until recently, they all used to be signed by Stan Lee. (laughs) Excelsior, eat this. Stan Lee signed my hot dog. I'll give you mustard. Mustard on. (laughs) (laughs) Stan Stan Lee took the credit for my hot dog. That was Jack Kirby's hot dog. Yes, but he was a, he did a cameo in my cheeseburger. <laughs> he was the guy that served it. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of Stanley. Stanley cameos are him jumping out of closets and scaring yeah. you. Ooh! Yeah. Excelsior! Ah! <laughs> Stanley, get back in there! Oh, you can't stop me. You can't. No one put Stanley in a closet. No. <laughs> Because he makes sound effects in the closet. Yeah. He's going, fa-boom! Yeah. <laughs> the knock in the night in every child's horror dream is Stanley in mm. the closet. Yeah. Yeah. That's why most kids stashed their comics in the closet back then. To feed Stanley. Yeah. To feed Stanley ideas. I think he's like Candyman. If you put enough closets in, uh, if you put enough comics in your closet, Stanley appears. <laughs> and then kills you with a hook for some reason. <laughs> If, yes, but the hook is really just a tagline for a superhero. Ah, it's the hook. <laughs> that's more of a villain. <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, that's what that is. Um, and, and today is the day we've consumed the least alcohol, and this is the conversation. We had one drink during the Vance Gilbert show, which was uh, which was really good. But it is, it is really, it is really open, um... When the first year, Will Wheaton wasn't able to come up, but I bumped into him in the morning. We had a really pleasant conversation. Uh, I was joking around with Paul from Paul and Storm two days ago. Uh-huh. I kept running into him in front of me, and I couldn't figure that out. He left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've run into Jonathan Colton on each of the crews, and he's down the go, and he's like, hey. You've gotten <laughs> pasta near Amy Mann? Uh, yeah, several times. Um, so... It is fun, and like for me to get down to that twenty percent relaxation is pretty big. I've had alcohol every day. Yep, and Ambien every night, pretty much, because this boat rocks. Yes, 
Yes, we have had a, 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 a bouncier ride this time, but uh, so the boat has been sort of rocking us to sleep. Yeah. Is it helping you get to sleep? I think it's been helping me. What it's been doing is um, it with this le- with this this motion, which is sort of uh, I guess it's it's rocking uh, left and right, and I'm laying with my head to the side of the boat. Yeah, we're kind of going so, back and forth. Yeah, we're so not I going guess, side so to I side. So I guess uh, we're, I'm perpendicular to the axis of travel of the boat, um, and what that means is it's sort of. Uh, as it's sort of rocking me, it's actually really helping to sort of stretch my spine and my hips a little bit and can actually sort of feel my bones relaxing a little bit. You feel Dr. McCoy relaxing? I do. It's very hard for bones to relax. Jim! Jim's rocking! That, that's because he didn't go on enough boats. Damn, you're green-blooded hide. You're rocking the boats, fuck! Yeah, it, it, he had to keep going to those those racial harassment seminars about yeah. about his behavior towards his colleagues and, and oh yeah he was outright r- Vulcan racist yeah well he's from the south yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's a problem for them lots of places have a south yeah although when they rebooted it uh, they had McCoy come from New Zealand because that's the kind of thing you do these days yes <laughs> uh, also from New Zealand the guy who teaches you lock picking ah which is delightful because what you want to hear is uh, burglary taught to you by Taika Waititi. Yeah, and that's he's like he's like first of all the thing you got to remember is don't pick locks that you don't own, and the second thing you've got to remember is don't pick locks you don't own. He's <laughs> like don't be burglars, people. Yeah, <laughs> don't burgle. <laughs> There's nothing more welcoming than a New Zealand accent. Yeah. just every time you hear it, you're like you guys made Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to do that you didn't get to do? I had uh, wanted to do more reading and just sort of sit down and just uh, on the back of the boat or even on the deck and just uh, do nothing and read. And What are you I, reading? Uh, well, I'm going to be reading uh, The Successful Speaker, Grant Baldwin's book about uh, the business of being a keynote speaker. Not so much speaking techniques, but how to find and book speaking gigs. Um, I interviewed him on Two Minute Talk Tips last month, and he's had a podcast called The Speaker Lab for a long time, and it's a great show. Uh, and I have his book, and I just need wanted to sit down and read it, but I've been too busy doing other stuff. That's great. I have been getting a lot of reading in. Uh, been... Uh, Hoopla's been a godsend because I've just been filling up my iPad with as many comics and books as possible. And with the iPad, I can read in the dark. Um, so I've read... This kind of counts as the greatest thing in the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, like, Star Trek Next Generation 365, which was, like, a tip on every episode. And it was the perfect thing for the plane and for... It's like, I'll read 20 of these and put them down. And then I read... This was hilarious... Uh, I got the graphic novel for the first five issues DC put out of Star Trek Next Generation. So it's in season one, like Tashiar's a character. Mm-hmm. But it's so off character because they didn't know what the show was. Mm. Um, first of all, everyone calls each other by their first name on the bridge, which I didn't realize really bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> like they're calling Riker William. I'm like, no, you think. No. Talk yeah. to each other by rank. They're yeah. doing a job. Exactly. But here's the... And they're not buddies yet. N- no. It's season one. Uh, here's the 
the best thing. I, I was up in the crow's nest this morning, which has a coffee bar and has a quiet space. <laughs> um, and I went up there to work and to read a little bit. And I got to this point. There's a story with Q. And it was it was interesting because it actually pre... They turned Q human in it and it actually predated the episode they did. Came two years later okay. where they turned Q human. It was a very different story, but like Jordy accidentally gets shot. And... Um, Data <laughs> gets really upset <laughs> and he says and like Troy walks up to him and goes I can feel anger and confusion in you I'm like well that's his whole character i blown yeah exactly <laughs> and like and Data's like my friend Jordy I don't know what to do <laughs> like no this took like eight years yeah you can't do it in issue two no. He was also using contractions left and right. <laughs> he was like, I. He said, it like, I'm so mad, I don't know what to do. Yeah. May, may, I yelled out in the crow's nest. I was like, What? Are you sure that wasn't Lore? No, it was not Lore. Oh. Because he was in a yellow uniform the entire time. Maybe Lore snuck in. No. Lore snuck into the comic book. No, that, that episode would have taken a right turn and he would have tried to kill him. Yeah. You don't have lore around without trying to kill everybody. Yeah, that's true. It's like Dr. Doom shows up and he's humble. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I, I found my um, my schedule's been pretty lax. I mean, we're going we're going to a private island tomorrow, um, which will be nice. I'm sh- sure it's corona-free. Um, this boat, is, so far, has been corona-free. What it has been infested with is Purell. Oh, yes. There's a lot of smiling stewards just squirting your hands. Just, yes, yes. The, you know, you want a job squirting people? You need to get a job on a cruise ship with a bottle of Purell. Yeah, it's better than a perfume job because <laughs> because it, it's liquid that just hits and splashes. And, and you're not spraying people in the eyes, usually. Uh, although there is one one guy, apparently, who's doing the, the squirting, and whenever uh, somebody walks past and he squirts Purell on them, he goes, pew, pew! Is that happening? Yes. Really? Yes. Where is that? Uh, As one of the folks at the Lido. I want to see that guy. <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't get to see that guy. They were trying to track him down on Twitter to get his name so they could go ahead and make sure he gets praised on the review <laughs> forms. It'd be great if he had it, like, in a, in a gun. Yeah. <laughs> he just ran around just shooting Pete, just Purelling people. people. Purell. Yeah, he, he's he. You know that would mean he was cosplaying as a white blood cell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the um, God damn it! Why do you do this on my show? Uh, I don't know. I seem to be immune to the effects. No, you're not immune to the effects. <laughs> no, I figured that yesterday. Your idea of a joke is I will tell a bad joke and the punchline is you reacting to my bad joke. And then I laugh at it. So you're not immune to the effects at all. You are the target of this and you are successful in doing it. That's true. can't remember what I was going to say because you just derailed everything. I'm like back to the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie. Now I'm worried about him with the coronavirus. He's not a young man anymore. I really don't know. Where to... <laughs> was I being too selfish about that? See, that's one where I don't even get it. <laughs> we're like, now you're gonna have to explain it to me. It's gonna make it worse. Of course it is. I was referring to a T cell, which is a type of white blood cell in the immune system. And in fact, run a problem with the immune when an immune system goes wrong. Sometimes there's runaway T cells that will attack other things in the body that they shouldn't be. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Now, I want everybody to just write to John and tell him how hilarious you think tea selfish is. Please. Please do. Think of how it will annoy John to hear that again and again on Facebook and on Twitter and in the comments. So you have two podcasts, huh? It's like Kasha Gugu. Okay. Okay, that one that that's where it went off the rails. Oh, that's where it went off the rails. I'm looking at the time. I think it went off the rails about 22 <laughs> minutes ago. We're at 38 minutes. I do not remember what else I was going to say. You completely derailed everything. Uh, is, the, the, the boat is 80% Purell. That's yeah, we covered it. Going. No, we got it. All right. We, well, then, then you said oh, what oh. you planned to say. Yes, okay. No, one of the things that is good about the, having a boat full of introverts is we were not going to touch each other anyway. <laughs> so the, so basically what happened was the rule came down, don't shake hands anymore. And um, the first night, I think uh, Paul and Jonathan Colton like kind of bumped elbows. And now everyone's been doing that. And today I was watching BBC World News and the anchor did it. Ah. So I don't know. I'm guessing the crews didn't create it. Yeah. But no, every, been a thing, yeah. everybody's doing the elbow thing now. And I'm okay if we just do that forever. Yeah. I, I've just I've just been telling people to live long and prosper. Yeah, or we could wave at them. We could it's, wave it's at kind them. of the same thing, but it's accepted by everybody. Yes, it's not the very limited audience that Star Trek has, which they learned in the mid '90s because they hit the wall on that, and then that wave rolled back. Right, right. And then half the people are like, you know what? I didn't really like Star Trek, and then each show just shrunk. Yeah, until the last one was canceled or disappeared. Exactly. It went into the microverse. It went into the microverse. <laughs> and that's where it took that's why it took Ant-Man so long to get back to uh, Avengers Endgame is cuz he was busy hanging out with Jean-Luc Picard. No, he was, he was and, and Archer. Yeah, he was hanging out with Archer. Yeah, Captain yeah. Archer. Yeah. Picard was fine. <laughs> Picard's got a show on now. That's true. Oh, uh, well I don't know how much of this is usable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's before we got a couple of days left. Um yeah, maybe I'll actually relax. I, uh, Jean Grey had... Uh, what's what's Jean Grey's church called? It's called the Church of the Infinite You. It was pretty cool. We were late, and I was like, oh, we're late for a we can't go. And you were like, no, let's go. And it was basically Jean Grey, who's a really cool hip-hop slash comedy artist, uh, who cr- wrote a new hip-hop song called Stop Drug Sunglasses on the Sun. Yeah. <laughs> which was really, really great. Um... But she just kind of like listens to people tell their story, and like supports them. And it was, it was cool. There was a lot of crying. There was, and I mean, there was a good amount of alcohol, but there was a lot of crying. Yeah, it's it's really about. It's sort of a mindfulness thing, but not in the mindfulness cheesy thing we often hear about. It's she tells us talks about stories and just she's got this calm voice as she talks about. Uh, you know, in this case, breaking negative cycles in your life or whatever it is. It's about empowering you to be the best you that you can possibly be. And there's a couple of stories, there's a couple of songs, and then people get up and they, they share their story. What's holding them back from being the you they want to be, whether that's going to be family stuff, deep stuff, their own fears, anxieties, mm-hmm. and to just sort of let that go, to unlock 
sort of their infinite power. And it sounds like all new agey and spiritual, but it's really just much more basic and fundamental than that. No, it's more it's more about the supportive community again. Yeah. And I thought about getting up, and I'm like, well, if I say my problems out loud, then they'll be out there in the air, <laughs> which is kind of the opposite feeling that you're supposed to have. Right. I, I got up last year. Did you? I, I did. And what I talked about, because it doesn't just have to be your problems, it's whatever you call, feel called to testify about. And so I talked about uh, my favorite word being the power, being the pop word. music. Uh, pop, <laughs> pop music is awesome. Talk about talk about pop it. music. I talked about uh, the word yet. Oh right, you you talked about this. I think you talked about this on uh, on I, the podcast I, before. I, it's entirely possible. I've talked about the the power of yet a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Now, are you, are you doing any podcasts on the boat this year? I am recording a couple of uh, different, uh, a couple of episodes of Strokecast, and I already recorded an episode of Two Minute Talk Tips earlier in the week. So, of course, Two Minute Talk Tips is where uh, I help folks become more effective public speakers in as little as two minutes a week. As po- and in Strokecast, a Generation X stroke survivor explores rehab, recovery, the frontiers of neuroscience, and one-handed banana peeling. Now, speaking of Strokecast, um, I noticed noticed on the boat, and I, I'm sure it's been ongoing, but it's really struck me uh, this year how many disabled people are on the boat. There's a lot of canes. There's a lot of walkers. Um, there's some su- there are some s- support dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, has your experience changed? Because you've been you've been going on this. This is your ninth. This is my eighth. Yeah, your eighth Joko cruise, and so you had the stroke. Three years ago? Almost three years ago, yeah. So, which means you had, like, five Joko Cruises pre-stroke, three Mm -hmm. post-stroke. How does that change your experience, Uh, especially knowing that there's a community of like-minded people? There were neuro get-togethers, there were stroke get-togethers. Yeah. How has your experience changed since the stroke? I think it's, it's made my experience much more focused, because I can go in with there's this thing that I know I'm going to get support on and that I can go to talk to people about and that I can help people with. It's, um, you know, it's going to sound crass when I say this, but it's given me a brand, which isn't really what I mean to say here, and I don't mean brands in a negative way, but... Uh, it's reshaped your identity, it's reshaped I think, my, the it, way. I would, yeah, I would say it's refined my identity uh, and just make it a little bit more focused with how I can help people and how I can engage with the community. Um, In terms of getting around the boat with my disabilities, uh, basically I have very limited use of my my left arm. I can walk pretty well with a cane now, uh, much better than when I was on boat two years ago. Um, But it hasn't really been a hindrance for the things that I've wanted to do. It meant I had to, chose not to do a couple of excursions that may have required lots of hiking in the Dominican Republic but uh, for the most part, it's been it's been fine, and the staff on boat and has been great and very helpful whenever I needed assistance. And the rest of the community, of course, is just incredibly helpful and incredibly supportive of that. Whether that's different from over the years, I can't really tell because there have been a lot of changes. Now we are the whole boat, so there's not. Not non uh, sea monkeys on the boat. We but are the boat. We are the children. We are the boat. We are the children. Absolutely. Uh, and at the same time, I think it's 
and this may be the case with with you as well, is that we see a lot more folks with disabilities and mobility aids, and we hear more about the invisible disabilities, but I don't necessarily know that there's more people with those, or as much as, since this is a part of my world now, I see it more. It's May- like, I can, I can tell you, it's like, I can tell you uh, right now that there are a significant number more red cars that you're going to see out there on the street. And I'm just making that up, but when you go out on the street... There's next, no street, we're on the ocean. Well, true. But uh, when One folk, would be a significant number. It would, it would. One, it's Land also, would be a significant it's, number. I was going to say it's also the loneliest number. But uh, when you look out the, the window on that bus you're on, you're going to see more red cars just because... That's we've called it out, and we've been yeah. talking about all the red cars, and you're probably going to see a lot more folks with mobility aids or with disabilities over the next day or so after listening to this just because we've been talking about it and calling it out that it's out there. One quarter of the population has a, di- has a disability, hmm. and we often just don't see it. Yeah, and that, and, but that's one of the nice things is that it's so open that people are kind of proud of it. It was really cool to see... People with walkers and canes get up and do stand-up or sing, mm-hmm. sing a karaoke song. Yeah, we kind of had a, it, it, you know, we it, within the middle of the uh, the sets at uh, the stand-up thing, we kind of had a crip block there. Yeah, you were one of them. I was one of them. <laughs> yeah. So, Bill, uh, how do we find all your podcasts? Uh, the you can go to currentlyspeaking.com. Uh, currentlyspeaking.com is where you'll find links to both shows. You can also find Strokecast and Two Minute Talk Tips in your favorite podcast app. You can find me on Twitter where I am currently Bill, and you can find me on Instagram where I am Bill's underscore Strokecast. And as always, you can follow me at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinatedcomics, and that's where you see all the news that's going on. Not a lot this week because I was uh, away from Wi-Fi for a long time, and nobody's talking about anything but the coronavirus. Um, and you can always listen to our show if you got a lot of time at home. If there's not a lot of people around you and you want to hear us talk, you can just go to the RadioMisfits.com, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We are in the Lifestyle tab, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, I hope you guys take care of yourselves. Uh, wash your hands. Don't go into big crowds that you don't need to go into. Uh, keep yourself uh, treat yourself like an introvert, I think is all I'm trying to say. Uh, Steven will be back. He's coming back from New Orleans, and God willing, he's uh, as germ-free as the rest of us. And we will talk to you next week.